James 1 verse 2 says, Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials. Have you been there? I got one. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance, let endurance have its perfect result so that you may be mature and complete, lacking in nothing. But if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. How many of you would say you lack wisdom? I do. Okay. Well, there's a new place to pray up here. So I want to fill it. So come right now. We're going to ask the Lord for wisdom right now. So this is the time to move. We want to, if you're visiting with us, for those of you that are members, this is time to move uh, to show people that this is a time of action, not a time of spectator. And we're going to ask the Lord for wisdom this morning, how we can know him better. Would you bow in prayer with me? Father God, we come before you this morning admitting that most of the time we put you in a box. Marginalize you to only when we need you. Father, what we miss is that we need you every minute. We come this morning, we don't just dedicate this hour to you, we dedicate our lives to you. May you be exalted in this service. May the songs that we sing represent our heart's attitude toward you. As we read your word, may it be something that's not just words on a page, but the revelation of who you are. As the invitation is given, Father, may we already be in the middle of examining our, ourselves according to your word. May we expect you to work this morning. May you give us courage to obey. Father, we pray that it would not be business as usual. Give you our little hour and then go home, but transformation would go on here today. Not transforming you into a God that we like, but transforming our lives to look more like your son, Jesus Christ. It's in his name we pray. Amen. impact. 
take advantage of every second. We don't want to waste our time. We want to go after God's heart. We want to touch his heart and give him glory. We don't know what tomorrow holds, so may we not waste our time today. Can you guys stand? Let's worship the king. glorious day coming <laughs> and we'll be at his feet and in his presence before his throne and I, I believe I believe we might just be singing this song there but I believe we will be standing in amazement of his greatness and his love for us and the fact that he rescued us what an amazing and gracious God let's sing of this glorious day together with all that we have this morning When will the ransomed and glory His face I last shall see Will be my joy through the ages To sing of His love for me To sing it how marvelous
this weekend has been awesome, and it's had its ups and downs. I'm sure many of you have heard of my brother Lee and Sherry through the car accident, and just kind of a lot going on this weekend. I'm thinking in the midst of all that, God is good. And uh, just to share just a moment, last night uh, we came in for worship, and uh, I heard my ankle playing basketball yesterday, so it's kind of sore and hurting, and I'm like, you know, really focused on this ankle, like it's killing me, I can't move, I want to dance, I can't dance, you know, I'm frustrated and and aggravated, and and I look back last night, and and my eyes just filled with tears to this little aisle, where it's a young Justin, who just lost his foot, his leg, and his knee bone, and to see him singing praises to God, man, it just broke my heart, who am I to complain about an ankle, or just such little things in life? God is so good. He is greater and he is stronger. In a wheelchair or standing or on our knees or at this altar, may we always praise and give glory to the one who's so worthy. Will you guys sing this song with me as we declare how great our God is?
Our ushers are making their way forward. Do you believe that? Our God is awesome. Uh, we have the opportunity to take part in the kingdom of God. Not by coming to church, but by our very lives. I mean, think about it. That the God of the universe has saw fit to come down and say, Don, you can come along and be my ambassador. And everything that we have is, is his. We have this time right now. If you're visiting with us, this isn't a time to beg for money. This is a time of obedience of us that have surrendered our lives to the Lord to say, God, it's yours. And we want to show you that it's yours by this. And we get to impact Zebulun. We get to impact the United States of America and all over the world by what God's doing right here. Isn't that cool? Let's pray. Let's go to the Lord and ask him to bless this time of giving. Father, we come before you realizing that there is nothing that we can give to further your will except we can give our lives, but that's just to be in tune with your will. So, Father, we pray that the, the gifts that are given today would just stem from a heart of cheerfulness of what you're doing. May this just be an extension of what we do every day with our time and our strength. May you use it for your honor and your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.
Amen. This is uh, whenever JTB comes, it's Pastors Kids Unite. So we're here. Uh, it's been enjoyable having you all with us and um, we look forward to in the future. If you'll take your Bibles and turn to Matthew's Gospel. Matthew chapter 6. What we've, the kids, if, you, if you've not been here all weekend, most of the kids have been studying about citizenship in heaven and what it means for our personal lives. Um, Brother Lee was supposed to be preaching this morning. Um, you're stuck with the old gray mare uh, this morning. Um, but I told the first service, I'll mention some kind of food allergy halfway through so that you are reminded that Brother Lee is supposed to be here uh, preaching. Um, when he called me last night and said that, that I would be preaching, I was, you know, there's a certain amount of preparation that comes into coming before you, and I don't take it lightly. Um, first of all, I was excited, because anytime I get to preach, I'm excited. It's a privilege to be able to serve God. On short notice, there's a certain amount of anxiety that goes along with it. So guess what I figured to preach on? Matthew. Citizenship, it looks different than what we think. But if you'll stand in honor and reverence for the reading of God's word, we're going to start reading in Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. This is Jesus' sermon on the mount. We're coming right in the center. The purpose of the whole sermon is, I know what you think is the truth, but I'm going to tell you what the truth is. He says in verse 25, Therefore, this reason I say to you, do not be worried what? about your life as to what you will eat or what you will drink or nor for your body as to what you will put on is not life more than food the body more than clothing look at the birds of the air they do not sow nor reap nor gather into barns yet your heavenly father feeds them are you not worth much more than they and who of you, by being worried, can add a single hour to his life? And why are you worried about clothing? Observe how the lilies of the field grow. They do not toil, nor do they spin. Yet I say to you that not even Solomon in all his glory clothed himself like, like one of these. But if, if God so clothed the grass of the field which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Do not worry then, saying, What will we eat, or what will we drink, or what will we wear for clothing? For the Gentiles, the lost world, eagerly seeks all these things. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. He in. But seek first, what? His kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be all these will be added to you. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own, and we can get an amen at that. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you this morning with your word. We agree with it. Show us where we can line up our lives with it. 
May repentance be the theme of today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. God, us, God made us a certain way. He made us, that's an old movie, City Slickers, you know the movie, right? He made us a certain way that our lives can really be singularly focused. Generally, it goes like this. Either I am focused on myself or I'm focused on the Lord. Now, we that are church folks, we try to do like the video that we started the service in, didn't we? We like to say that it's the Lord, but we feel like the Lord is there to further me. We say, Lord, whenever I need help, I'm going to call to you. But then, butt out. Look, if we're going to talk about citizenship, we've got to talk about your life can really only be about one thing. Not lots of things. One thing. Is it going to be about your walk with the Lord, or is it going to be about furthering yourself? Now, I'm going to talk to the kids this morning, but if you're here and you're over the age of 18, I'm still talking to you. And we're going to examine this morning what that one thing is according to God's plan. So, you ready? This probably will not be new material for you. However, I would say it's sorely lacking in the practice of our daily lives. Amen? So, let's just dive right in. Our first point, we read about the flowers of the field, did we not? How beautiful they are. We, you know, and then the frost hits like this morning, and what happens? They're dead. Oh, those mums are so beautiful, and you go pay for the beautiful ones, and I can never keep them beautiful at the house, right? I mean, as soon as you get them there, they... <whistles> that doesn't happen at your house, right? And the, but what was their purpose? Their purpose was to glorify God. You say, well, it only, they only lasted for a couple weeks. Well, that was their purpose. And what we can see, first of all, from this text, and we're going to go quickly because i got a lot of ground to cover, but number one, the value of your life is not in its length. We seem to think that God's plan for every person is that they grow old here on earth and that they live a long Life. Do you realize that many people live long lives and they accomplish absolutely nothing? I've been quoting Jim Elliot a lot lately. You know that. Um, but Jim Elliot said, Who are we to tell God how he should populate heaven? Is he just supposed to populate heaven with old folks? My life is his. If he wants to take me today, bless God, that's his business. And I'm saying, even so come, Lord Jesus. Okay? Just because you live a long life doesn't mean you matured, doesn't mean you fulfilled your purpose in life. I see lots and lots of people getting older every day that are more and more and more focused on themselves. The churches eat up with it, right? You may have even come in this morning, bless God, we got loud speakers. Look. What an opportunity for us to give grace to the younger people so we can say, look, 
hey, we love you. We want to support you in what God's doing in your life any way we can, even if it means I have to plug my ears through a worship service. It'll be fine, won't it? Because it doesn't matter these things, especially how long my life is. Well, I'm past the... I'm a preacher's kid, and I grew up uh, in church, and I've heard this my whole life. When you get to a certain age, it's time for me to retire, and it's time for the young people to take over in the church. If somebody can tell me one place in the Bible where it says to retire, until I breathe my last breath, God has a purpose for your life. He has a purpose for my life. So whether your life is long or short, that's not where your value comes. Let's look at, at uh, Romans. Let's bring that verse up. Here it is. Let's, we're going to read this out loud. Are you, did, how many people can read here? Wow, that's pretty good for Johnston County. I mean, that's good. Um, I, I'm not going to read. You're not, okay. Now, I'm, let, on the count of three, one, two, three, go. Read it. If God's for you, what? We sang it, right? Now we see where the scripture came from, so you can't really complain about a song that came from scripture. Okay, so back that truck up. So, then he says in verse 27, look at your Bible. Who by being worried can do what? Can you add one, Don, can you? Let's pick on Don Day, right? Um, I, I've heard it said this, that worry only... It doesn't empty tomorrow of its sorrows. It empties today of its strength. You know, all we can do is just kind of get through today. Is that the way you are? I hope not. It seems to be in this text that the Lord's saying, you're messing up when you're focused on yourself. How many of you woke up in a different house than you are supposed to? Okay. Rachel, Ray Ray, okay. Did you have trouble getting ready this morning? You didn't. Okay, getting all this together? It wasn't, wasn't bad? Huh? Did you worry about what clothes you were going to wear? No, because everybody wore the same thing, right? That's why school uniforms came into place. So you didn't have to worry about what you were going to wear or what you were going to eat. This passage talks about this. How much of your life, think about this, folks, how much of your life is spent worrying about your house, Worrying about your car, worrying about your 401k, which is now a 201k, uh, worrying about your health, worrying about all these different things that your life becomes entrenched with. We went to visit Mary Esther's brother this week in the nursing home, and to go through the nursing home and to see people, they're alive. God has a purpose there, but it makes you wonder, doesn't it? What's the purpose? I want to live my life for purpose. But, what, well, what does it say in Philippians? Let's bring up that verse. Let's read it. Read it out loud in your mark. It said, go. What, whose riches are greater, yours or the Lord's? You don't have any riches, y'all. They're all his. Okay? Now, so your value does not come from you just living a long time. 
Matter of fact, ask Hezekiah about that. He would probably rather have died than get the extra years so he could totally ruin his testimony. But let's move on. Number two. Let's bring it up. The value of your life is what? Let's read it out loud. It should be a big G, shouldn't it? Huh? Is that what your life is? He goes through this text and he says, look, you're worried about all these things in your life. But God knows you have needs. Do you think he's going to take care of you? You, that he didn't even spare his own son to save you. Do you think now he's going to drop you? That's the point he's getting at. And the, the answer to that question is no. So here we're to the point. Say, so what's the big deal, Brother Dan? How do we get here? How do we live our life as an exhibit of faith in God? Is it coming to church? Is it getting dunked in that tub that's behind that screen? So if I get dunked in that tub, then I am an exhibit of faith in God. Or what if, what if I carry my Bible to work or to school? What if I wear my, I have separated, separation anxiety. Will, will that, you wear that to school. Will that, is that what it is? No. How do we get there? What is that one thing? And here, God just lays it out in one verse for us, really easy. Now, I know Brother Chris has been talking about this all weekend, but I wasn't here, so if I'm repeating him, then you, listen, will you? Verse 33, who's got it? Anybody? Okay, seek first his kingdom and, and all of the... What's, What's the rest that will be added to us? Food, clothing, shelter, all these things that you're worried about and I'm worried about will take care of themselves. If I can just narrow it down to this one thing. Not my finger. The one thing is a right walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. To be right with God. What does it look like to be right with God? You ever ask that question? Let's bring up Lamentations. Here it is. Listen to this verse. It says, The Lord's loving kindnesses indeed never what? For his compassions never fail. They are new every great is his. I love the act of, it's, it's one day. I don't have to worry about tomorrow. You know, Brother Lee was going out of his mind Friday planning everything. He didn't know he wasn't going to be here Saturday or Sunday. God had a different plan, didn't he? I mean, what are the odds of our associate pastor's wife running into the pastor's wife at O'Neill? Head-on collision. Small injuries. Is God good? Is there a reason in it? Well, God, I planned all this stuff. and I had the, I even said to Mary Esther a few times this week, boy, I'm sure glad I don't have to preach this week. I don't know how I would have got everything done this week. <laughs> Does God know? I don't have to worry about today. Last night I took my wife on our 22nd anniversary uh, date, right? So we're out on a date when I get the call, right? The date of, of the call about you need to preach tomorrow morning. And suddenly I told Sean, I said, 
suddenly I'm not enjoying our time together anymore. We're sitting at dinner looking at each other, and she's saying, you seem like you're miles away. I am. She said, well, you want to go to the church so you can study? I said, I'm going to trust God for tomorrow. What does it look like to be right with God? Jesus came to earth. Do you remember that story? Okay, he did, right? It was literal. Okay, he was born of a virgin. Why was he born a virgin? No sin nature. You and I were born with a... Thank you, Julie. Okay, yes. Now, then he lived... He not only was born sinless, but then he actually lived 33 years without ever... Is that a big deal for you? Yes. But then he, he, he willingly laid down his life as a sacrifice, right? When he was in the garden, he was praying to the Father, and he said, Father, if it be your will, what? Let this cup pass from me. Was it the cross that he was worried about? Was it the pain? Was it just, Jesus was a big scaredy cat and he, he didn't want nails to go in his hands. And Oh, bless God, I know they're going to shove a sword in my side. It's going to hurt real bad. No, he was... He had one singular concern. And that was the fact that for the first time from all eternity, he was going to be separated from righteousness. To the point that sweat was coming off of his forehead, as it were, great drops of blood. And yet we, who claim Christ, go out and sin. And we, oh, I don't think nothing about it. I'll just confess it tomorrow. Maybe we don't know as much about being right with God as we think we do. How does one get right with God? Well, see, Jesus died, and he was buried, and then, ha, ah, three days later, what? He rose from the dead, so he had power over sin his whole life. Then the, the final effect of sin is death, and he had power over that. Oh, yeah, that's a big amen, Lord. Thank you. Yeah. Aren't you glad? I'm not over that. But how do I get right with God? Well, Jesus said, it's to your advantage that I go be with the Father. For if I go be with the Father, I'll send someone who won't be confined to a body like I am, but will be able to be and dwell in each person who will surrender their life to me. That's the Holy Spirit. Now, how do you know if you have the Holy Spirit? Dale, do you have a readout? Dale doesn't have one. Does that mean the Holy Spirit's not in Dale? Okay, take your Bibles. This isn't going to be on the screen, so you're going to have to do this one manually. Go to 1 John, not the Gospel of John, but let's go way to the back, almost to the book of the Revelation. 1 John. We're talking about how do you know if you have the Holy Spirit? Is Jude too far? Yes. 1 John. 1 John, Sarah, what verse am I going to read? Okay, uh, just checking. 
chapter 3. I'm going to read verse 10. Listen to this. Listen to this. It says, by this, the children of God, that's the people who have the Holy Spirit living in them, and what? The children of the devil are obvious. What does the word obvious mean? Like, there's no confusing. Okay. Now, here's the interesting thing about my life as a pastor. I deal with people. Okay. If you talk to people, everyone's saved. Everyone. And, you know, I, I, they'll say, oh, you know, I, I'm a Christian. I'm not practicing at this moment. Um, is that what it says? It says the difference between the children of God, that's the ones who surrender their life to his control, and the people that are children of the devil, that's just the way you were born, just doing what's natural, is obvious. So there's no confusion. So you better examine your heart with this. Here it goes. Number one. Anyone who does not practice righteousness is not of God. Well, wait a minute. What did Jesus say back in Matthew 6? But seek first his kingdom and... Huh. But here's what we've done. Oh, hold on. We've turned righteousness into doing good things. Right? You're right? So, look. Y'all want to be righteous, don't you? Well, then you've got to help old ladies across the road. You've got to go to the homeless shelters. You've got to do your part, right? You've got to, if anybody wakes you up in the middle of the night and says, what's Brother Dan about, what are you going to say? Prayer and Bible, so thank you. Okay, just want to make sure. Now, is just reading your Bible, is that it? What about praying? I hear people say all the time, I know I'm saved. How do you know you're saved? I pray every day. I pray all the time. That's not what it says. Well, I'm trying hard to be a better person. Let me tell you something. This is good news. You ready? Ready for this? Christianity's not about trying hard. If you're trying hard, you've got something else other than Christianity. Here, here's something good. It's not about being good. God's not about you being good. God's not about you being a better you. He's not about Jesus. Bill, I'm real disappointed in you. You haven't really lived up to me today. Tomorrow, you get into God's word and you try harder tomorrow. But that's what we've turned. We have turned Christianity into works. Because we've said that Righteousness is doing acts of righteousness. And that's not what it is. It's being right with Him. The difference between you and someone else is not anything that you do. It's about the relationship and who you're trying to please. You see, the one singular goal in my life is to make sure I'm right with my Heavenly Father. First off, that was by surrendering my life to Jesus Christ. That's how it started. That's not where it ended, folks. That's where it started. And when that started, then I, I gave my life to him. And I said, God, my plans are out the window. Whatever you want for me, I'll do. And he says, now today I want you to do this. And that's what I did. 
And when I veer off of his path, guess what? He, he shows me, and guess what I do? You read about David this week, didn't you? And he got off the path. God said, you're the man, not like you're the man, but you're the man. Did God deal with us? Does God deal with you? If you're his, he will. The Bible says if the Holy Spirit is within you, it says he's going to convict you of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Right? Sin is, I was born a sinner. Singular sin. Righteousness is that daily, he's trying to make me look more like his son, Jesus Christ. Or daily, I'm dealing with my sin. So in 1 John 3.10, where it says... The difference between the children of God and the children of the devil is obvious. Anyone who does not practice righteousness is not of God. That's not talking about doing good things. That's talking about you and I dealing with our sin daily. But we come into church and nobody talks about sin. Oh, no. We're good people. We have not sinned this week. Oh, no. But if you ask them if they sinned, everyone knows they have, right? And they say, oh, yes, we've sinned. And somebody will come up here and pray and say, God, we ask you to forgive our trespasses as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. Unless, like the video, God says, forgive them. He says, I ain't forgiving them. Unless they come groveling back to me. You see, because the last part of 1 John says, the one who does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor the one what? Here's a kicker. Everyone knows that Baptist churches are characterized by everyone loving one another. You know, you can just take the nursery, for example. I mean, it's, it's, it's obscene sometimes. I mean, you put up a list and you say, we need people to show their love for their fellow mankind by working in the nursery. And I'll tell you what, people at Hales Chapel Baptist Church will run slap over each other trying to get in there to serve God. We've turned it into something else. We've turned it into, if you wear the button-down shirt on Sunday morning, you know, the wear the button. Teach Sunday school. Colossians, let's bring that verse up. Yeah, I'm all over the place today. This is not normal for me, but you know where I'm at. I'm just giving you my thoughts. Listen to this. Therefore, if you've been raised up with Christ, keep seeking what? What are the things above? Being right with God. Loving the Lord my God with all of my priorities, with all of my choices, and with all of my thoughts. I guarantee you, if I deal with it on the thought level, then my choices will be right. If I deal with it and my choices are right, then my, my habits and my priorities are going to be right. It's just wild like that. It's just where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things that are like clothes and food and what you're going to wait for what let's read this last part together Re go now we like that don't we we like the fact that when god looks at me he doesn't see me he sees jesus christ because i am a wicked sinner 
And if God looked at me, I would be in hell. But I have a substitute, Jesus Christ. And then when God the Father looks at me, he sees him. And then by his spirit, he's changing me as I submit to him daily. In my life, I don't have choices. I don't have choices about whether, am I going to commune with him today? It's like asking me if I'm going to breathe. What? But we have a whole generation of people. Uh, maybe, maybe I'll serve him today. Maybe I won't. Young people, let me tell you something. The Bible says that if you'll seek his kingdom and his righteousness, everything else will work out in your life. So when your parents or your guidance counselor tells you that you need to be worried about those EOGs. Now, study hard, do the best you can in that. But seek to serve the Lord with your life now. You say, I want to serve the Lord, but bless God, I need me a, I need me a man. I need me a girl. I need a woman. Trust God with that. Say, when God wants me to have a man, not me, but... What? <laughs> When God wants to bring that in my life, he will bring it. But we have turned teenage years and early adulthood into this quest for a person of the opposite sex, or nowadays even of the same sex, trying to fulfill my life. When the Bible says, ah, true fulfillment is going to come as you follow him, as you do his will over your will. Now, the earlier you figure this out, and I know this, this is Brother Lee, I hate that hot noise. Okay. But this is the voice of Brother Lee coming to you. Okay, Choose to seek him right now. Don't wait. See, the Bible tells us, young people, that we've got to be like you. We've just got to come to him and lay it all down and trust him. But you say, well, we've got a lot of living to do. Well, we could probably have testimony after testimony today of that living and how bad it is. Well, you look at me like I'm on crack cocaine, and I don't know. But I'm telling you what, we had 50 kids in here this, this weekend. Do you realize that 50 of y'all, let's, let's cut that in half. Let's say 25. Let's even cut that in half. Let's say 12. Yeah, I know. I'm an arts major. I don't do math. <laughs> do you realize that God changed the whole world with 12? Do you think he could do that with you? I told the first service, I said, you know what? Every country of the world that I go to, it blows my mind that I go in this little manure hut, sit on manure floor, and serve me water with manure floating in it. <laughs> and they say, you don't want that water? And I said, oh, no, I don't want that water. <laughs> And they'll say, would you like some, and they, they'll bring out a Coke. And they'll pour me Coke. And it seems wild to me that I start talking to them about Jesus Christ. They never heard about Jesus Christ. But they got Coke. Which lets me know that, guess what, y'all? We could reach the whole world for Christ. We could fulfill the Great Commission in our lifetime. Coke got all over the world, but Jesus hasn't. Why? Why? 
because we're happy. We're happy making our lives about clothing. We're happy making it about our houses and what we're going to eat. Matter of fact, some of you right here think, good night. The Methodists are going to get all the white people. You know me. I just hate to see you mess up your lives. I, I would love to see you not have to go through three divorces before you figure out that God's not so I hate to see you have to stick your tongue down every girl or boy's throat to figure out who's right for you. You think that's God's way? You think God's way is do good in school so you can go to college, so you can get a good job, so you can come out and you can get a good job, so you can have a big house and you can have a mortgage for 30 years and you can get yourself enslaved how about we just challenge each other right here? And I, I know I've talked to some of you, and some of you inspire me. We sat around a fire at my house the other night, and some of you were there. And what you were saying about how you were letting go of this American dream to follow what God's plan is for your life. And that inspires me as your pastor to want to be a better godly. And that's not by trying harder. It's by singularly allowing the Lord to work in and through my life. By singularly saying, you're the one I want to be right with. You're inspiring me. And I'm telling you, go on. Expect God to do wonderful things. When I hear little six-year-olds in our church come up and explain to me what propitiation is, I want to just... I asked one of them that what the plan of salvation was the other day. He said, it's easy. It's justification, sanctification, and glorification. I thought, oh, somebody's taught him something. I said, what do they mean? And he proceeded to tell me what they meant. But guess what? Learning it all up here don't account for nothing until you get in real life where you've got to make real decisions. And nobody said sin wasn't fun, but it's only sin fun for a season. In the end, it bites, the Bible says, like a the end it kills you so let's end with this I love to close and close it don't matter how long your life is because you're going to live forever somewhere eternal life isn't heaven streets of gold pearly gates my mansion it ain't that John 17, 3 says it's about knowing God. And that doesn't start in heaven. That starts right here, right now. I don't care if you're five or you're 105. It's right now. You're going to live forever. But there's another place. And at the end of Jesus' sermon, I've just got to give you the other side. Because this is where we're at 
everybody says, well, I go to church. I'm, you know, we live not in the Bible Belt. We live in the church belt. Everybody goes to church. Church. Okay. Church. In chapter 7, at the end of his sermon, he sums it up. You know, seek my kingdom, being right with me. And he sums it up by saying judgment's coming one day. And he says this. Verse 21 of chapter 7. Not everyone who says to me, like the, the movie, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who what? Okay, what is the will of the Father? Can anyone tell me? Practice righteousness. That means daily. Dealing with my sinfulness. Daily. Seeking direction from him. I'm telling you what. If you're not seeking God's direction, he's not guiding you. It doesn't happen by osmosis. It doesn't happen by chance. It happens if anyone lacks wisdom, what? Let him ask. If you're not asking, he ain't giving. And you're doing your own thing. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we prophesy in your name? In your name we cast out demons, and in your name perform many miracles. Today we'd say, I go to church. Uh, I taught Sunday school. I was the lead singer of the Justin Tesner band. I was the pastor of Hell's Chapel Baptist Church. You know I'm a Christian. I was baptized on Easter Sunday before it was cool to do that. you're basing your eternal destiny on anything you do you're wrong if it's on anything other than a daily minute by minute relationship with the father that when you're tempted to do something you think hey am I willing to give up my fellowship with the father to look at this mess am I willing to, to give up my fellowship with the father to worry about this We've made it into what we do. And he says this. Then I will declare to them. This is the scariest words in scripture right here. He's going to look at people that went before the judgment throne thinking they had it together. They knew the big guy. I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. You know what lawlessness is? not practicing righteousness that means when i sin i just say well you know everybody sins i come before god and i say god you know i did some things today god help me from my abnormalities today uh lord uh you know today i think maybe there were some things wrong in my life help me not to have some things wrong tomorrow that's not practicing righteousness Practicing righteousness is when I lied to someone and I get in the car and the Holy Spirit is sitting on my chest till I have to call you and say, I lied to you and I don't know why I lied to you, but I lied to you and it was wrong. Why do you want to do that, brother? Because if I don't do that, my fellowship 
with the Father is lost. And I'd go through hell before I could. I don't know where you're at, but what I'm telling you, folks, Christianity looks a lot different than what we were brought up being taught. And I'm saying, you coming before the judge and saying, I didn't know that. It's not going to do any good. See, your job is to get into this. Because this is God's revelation of himself to you. And that as you come into this, he reveals who you really are. Because you really think you're good until you get into this. And as you're going to read this week in James, this is a mirror who shows you who you really are. So this week, as you're doing your quiet time, say, mirror, mirror on the wall, please show me what I really, really look like. Would you bow your heads with me? Father God, this is invitation time. This is your time. Well, like all of it's not your time. I ask you to work, not because of anything I've said, but because of the truth of your word. May we stand unified that your word is right, that we are really good at deceiving ourselves, but we want your spirit to reveal the truth to us. Pray that you'll work right now in Jesus' name. Would you stand with your heads bowed, eyes closed? The altar is open. If you'd like to talk to me or one of the deacons, Brother Jason, would you come stand down here? We're here, but the altar's open if you want to just come and pray.
I don't know, you know, we did things a little bit different today, but that's becoming the norm around here, which I think is probably good. Okay. And what I'm saying is, guys, there is a lost world that is in desperate need of hope, and we're the ones that are supposed to have it. Okay. As we go out of here, how about we be intentional about what we're about? We're not out here to, to win the whole world to Jesus. We're out here to live in front of them right with God. Be an exhibit of the value of knowing God. And that in that, they're going to come to us and they're going to say, what? how do you get through layoffs and be trusted in God? How do you get through getting the news from the doctor and, and still trusting in Him? How do your kids go crazy and you still trusting in God? I'm telling you this, how do you get through the monotony of life and not lose your focus? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and being right with Him. And this is great news, y'all. All the rest will work out. Can we say amen to that? Amen. Has it been good to be in the house of the Lord today? Um, let's give Justin Tesner Band a hand and thank them for being here. Brother Chris, come here. Um, Brother Chris Wood didn't get a chance to speak in front of you, but he's been speaking to your young adults all weekend. And Chris is the associate pastor of youth at Wake Crossroads Baptist Church in on Forestville Road. Maybe you know where that's at. So, um, Brother Chris is here. Wanting to bear some fruit in Hale's Chapel. And we pray that we are co-laborers together in what God is doing. And we appreciate what you and, and what the band has done this week. I, it may not be your style, but God was glorified. And this is how we know he was glorified. Because we took his word and we implanted it in our own lives. And we tried to implant that in the lives of others. And God is always pleased by that. So... Brother Chris is going to stand down here with me, and you can come by and, and thank him. And, and uh, y'all going to stay, hang around up front here so you can, they can talk with you, and we'll just have a time of fellowship. And It's already 12 minutes after 12, and so the white meat's gone already, so don't even worry about it. It'll be fine. Let's close in a word of prayer. Brother Brent, would you close us in a word of prayer?